I'm going to hand over to our wonderful directors of primary care, um, Lisa Harding and Michelle Lombardi, and they will take you to the first session. Thank you. Thank you, Louise, and good morning, everybody. I'm, I'm Lisa, and it's really nice to have you on the call on the conference today. So um, first slide, please. So perhaps it's inevitable that we're going to start by reflecting on the past year and what that's meant for practice managers. Um, while much of my part of our presentation will focus on the pandemic and its impact, our focus is really to try to reflect back to you how immense your contribution has been over the last year. While everyone quite rightly recognises the role of clinicians, you truly are the unsung, unsung heroes of the pandemic. Next slide, please. I'm not going to read this out, um, I'm, I'm going to let you read it, but I think this, this quote from the King's Fund really summarises for me just why we are so ahead with the vaccination programme in this country and why it's been so successful. We really do offer a first-class service despite tightening budgets, a shrinking workforce, uh, numerous targets and numerous other, numerous other practice pressures that we could, we could go on and list um, almost without end. Next slide, please. So, um, and here is just one of the vaccination sites within Wessex, um, set up by practice managers and PCNs. Um, as I'm sure many of you will recognise, this is Salisbury Cathedral in Salisbury. So perhaps one of the most iconic and photogenic of our vaccination sites. Um, but nevertheless, they've all done a fantastic job. Um, next slide, please. And so inevitably, we're going to have to talk through some statistics. I'll try and keep it short. Um, I'm sure some of these will change daily. I'm sure you're quite familiar with them, so I won't go through them in detail. But I did just want to draw your attention to the second bullet point. It's estimated that over 77% of vaccinations delivered have been delivered by general practice teams. I think that when you've been continuing with a day job, that's an amazing, um, an amazing success story. You really have been instrumental in driving the programme. Next slide, please. And so inevitably, um, there, is, there have been consequences, as we all knew, and I think we all knew that this was going to happen. Um, the lockdown and suspension or cessation of some services um, was, was going to impact on primary care um, and have far-reaching implications which are beginning to resonate while we're still coping with a pandemic. Next slide, please. So the ripple effect, um, and I think if we look in terms of the impact that it's had on other services across the NHS, we can probably reflect that back to primary care and, and what you're having to pick, pick up. So um, since April 2020, over 3 million fewer elective procedures, over 21 million fewer outpatient appointments, and waiting times over one year are at a 13-year high. So some um, sobering statistics there. Next slide, please. So again, um, we know the pressures in practice, and I, I think you'll probably be familiar with some of these, but as we know, we have a consultation rate that's two to three times higher that of comparable EU populations. Patients initially stayed away, um, but are beginning to come back and beginning to come back in, in pretty significant volumes. We're seeing rising demand, complexity, and of course, expectations. And we're hearing from you how difficult some of those interactions with patients really are and the impact that it's having on you and your reception teams. Um, we know that for a long time, recruitment and retention have been a, a pressure within primary care. 
and there's a very real risk of burnout across the practice team. And we're particularly worried about the impact on practice managers on you because we know that you're trying to juggle so much. Um, and we also know that the number of patients per practice is 22% higher now than in 2015 without a corresponding increase in the, in the workforce. Next slide, please. So nevertheless, I'm going to move now on to Michelle. Um, I know I've, I've put together some gloomy statistics, but I think that Michelle is going to focus on some of the successes um, and hopefully end on a, on a more positive note. Michelle. Thanks, Lisa. So I'm Michelle. I'm one of the directors of primary care. I think this section we felt was really important that we celebrated the work uh, of general practice and acknowledged the fantastic achievements of you and your teams. And I think I, I need to start by saying thank you. You are truly amazing. And what you've achieved over the last, eight, uh, last 15 months has been inspirational. And as always, the beauty of general practice is that it adapts and you've completely stepped up to that. I think I would just like to mention the NHSE letter that came out a few weeks ago. And it talked about restoring general practice. And we all know that it was never about restoring because you've always provided high quality services to your patients. And what we're going to do is look at some of the facts and figures that support that. So taking the first section, we're looking at the patient survey. So this, this information has recently been shared and it reflects the time frame of from July last year. And that was when uh, lockdown, so in June, lockdown had um, fully, re the restrictions had been lifted. And then they, and the patient survey was undertaken after that. So just looking at some of these figures, 81.8% rated their experience of their practices good. 88.9% said the receptionists were helpful. And I think it's critical to highlight that because receptionists and practice teams are getting an incredibly difficult time right now, and it's, which is being played out in the media. 94% said their needs were met at their last appointment, and 95% had trust and confidence in the healthcare professional they saw. These are outstanding achievements in such an incredibly diff difficult time. And I'm sure there's other organisations and occupations that would absolutely love to have these achievement rates. Next slide, please. So looking at keeping up with the day job. So this information has come from GPAD and we all know that there are some issues with GPAD as it's not, um, and I suspect this is higher. There is a piece of work about being undertaken this month to help with some of that around appointment categorization. So we look forward to seeing the information uh, in the future. So what do we know now? So for March, there were 28.4 million appointments in general practice. And of this, 44.4% took place on the same day, which is incredible to think that just under half of patients who made contact actually got that their care took place on the same day they contacted practices. 55.7% appointments were face-to-face -face, and 51.9% were delivered by a GP. Next slide, please. Some more facts and figures. So uh, there is a third more clinical admin currently taking place and they looked at this over a five week period and showed it to, uh, and compared it to the, uh, the same period in 2019. And interestingly, we are speaking with so many practices currently who are feeling completely overwhelmed with the level of demand and actually trying to meet the demand with the capacity that they currently have. I spoke to a practice recently who are struggling with registrations because they seem to have escalated and also referrals. 
interesting fact, 3 million more appointments in March 21 versus March 19. Again, this is just confirming everything that we know, that you are incredibly busy and you're seeing demand that has um, far outreached what you've ever experienced. And also general practice are now delivering or were delivering 50 to 60% of consultations remotely after lockdown. And actually, I believe that I'm sure that's much higher. And hopefully when the GPAD um, information and the work that's taking place this month, we'll get a, a, a more accurate figure. And we have constantly practices contacting us with the with concerns about managing the e-consult uh, workload. And actually, we've worked with CCGs to look at how, if you need to, to switch this off over weekend and evenings. So if you need any help with that, please do make contact with us. Next slide, please. So, and not just, not just that, but actually you have adopted new ways of working overnight. You've delivered 50 to 60% of consultations remotely. You've helped to make the flu vaccination program this last year to be the most successful it has ever been. You've also stabilized uh, this, the immunizations have also stabilized, which are in and are comparable levels to last year. And on top of this, you've run a COVID vaccination program which of the likes we have never ever seen before, which is pretty much being given to every member of the UK population. Next slide, please. You've also navigated the complex funding streams that have happened over the last year. And I think it, right back at the beginning of the pandemic, there was a, a statement around income protection. And I think there was some income protection, but we also need to acknowledge that not everything was income protected. And actually you continued to deliver amazingly uh, amazingly to your patients there was the covid support fund which came out in july after the the all the work had been done around adapting your services the covid vaccination program funding with its various funding streams and trying to navigate how all of this is being paid in a new system where you can't compare uh you, which you struggle to compare and then finally the covid expansion fund which was introduced last year and also has and continued into this year You've risk, risk assessed staff, patients and premises and also trying to protect your staff where you had shield, staff who were shielding and to protect them and their families. Implemented new infection control procedures, which is significant and has a huge impact on the, on the appointment times and the capacity to offer services to your patients. Juggled SOPs, sit reps and numerous deadlines. We know that complaints are sadly increasing and the amount of work that that takes and you fielded queries, concerns and questions. But in all of this, you've kept calm and you've carried on. Next slide, please. So finally, I'm going to say it again. Thank you. You are truly, truly amazing. And we are here to support you. You know where we are if you need us. And I, this is your conference. So we really hope that you enjoy this uh, and the content that we've put on for you. I'm just going to introduce Nikki Warnell who is a managing partner at Chawton Park Surgery and is who is also one of our LMC support, PM supporters, so you may be familiar with her. She's going to talk to you about some of the work that she's done with her team and to give some insight on what, on what that looks like. Over to you, Nikki. Thank you, Michelle. So, hi, I'm Nikki. Um, so, like us all, we've really been struggling with morale, particularly in our reception team, just because of the amount of abuse they're getting um, from patients and the constant change. And they felt like they completely lost control of who they were and lost their identity because they were just being done unto. So we had a team meeting and decided that we wanted to make a change. But we wanted them to make the change. 
So we asked them what they felt they should be called because we felt receptionist didn't really cover what they did anymore because it's so much more. So they've come up with um, a patient coordinator. We also asked them to buy new uniforms or choose the uniforms that they would like to wear. And yes, they went through partnership to be ratified, but actually it's important they were comfortable and they took control over that. And it's been astonishing, actually, the way that's really improved morale across our team. We've also been struggling to recruit. So uh, back in the beginning of the year, we tried to recruit for a receptionist and had six people apply. We went out to recruit about a month ago for a patient coordinator and had 35 people apply. And now we have two new members of staff starting. We haven't changed the job description. Um, it's exactly the same, but just changing the title, it seems to have made the role more interesting, um, which is really exciting, exciting for us. And the team feel that they have control again and they're happy to come back to work and we haven't lost anybody else. Lost you for retirement, but we haven't lost anybody, which is amazing. Um, the other thing that we changed significantly was, as Michelle said, e-consults were taking over. Um, and we, Jenny Dock, um, the practice manager, very kindly shared something on a, a forum post that we borrowed, um, where we list all the e-consults each day in morning and afternoon slots. So they're away from duty, they're just on a different list. And one of our secretaries spends about half an hour, twice a day with duty doctor working through the list to find the most appropriate place for that patient to be put. So we were trying to do them all every day and the workload was just, it was just mad, it was just mad. So now most patients are booked forward to the doctors they've been seeing, they've been put to the nurses, they've been pushed to the mind or to the diabetic team. And it, we feel again, the control is back with the e-consults. So they're very small steps and we've had to tweak it lots of times on the way, um, but it, it really getting the team involved at the bottom with the nitty gritty has really helped um, cement it and given a more positive team, team across the board. So I hope those little snippets help. Thank you. Thanks, Nikki. That, that's really interesting. I love those practical tips. They're so helpful. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Lisa. Just one question has come in, and it's about eConsult, which I'm sure is not unusual. Is it possible to work with eConsult about switching off over weekends and evenings? So this is from Lisa Fultage, Dorset Practice Manager. We've got quite a terse reply from them, and we requested to do this. What, what would you recommend, Michelle? And so Alex Bites has said the same thing. They've also had a terse reply. Okay, I think we need to, uh, we can help you. Yeah, we can help you with this. You need to also contact your CCG. So maybe when you do that, happy for us, um, either myself or Lisa, to be copied into those uh, emails. But we have worked with the CCGs to agree that they will be a supportive approach to practices who request this to be, request these to be switched off. Um, and we've agreed that. So I would approach your CCG in the first instance Lovely. This is, seems to be generally um, sort of consensus that CCG have been supportive of this. Um, Angie Bredner said they've switched it off. CCG supported them. So that seems to be the way to go. Um, but, um, yeah, don't forget we're here. And uh, Michelle and Lisa are amazing. You have no idea how much they fight on your behalf for things like this. Um, so, um, yeah, to keep the questions coming in. Right, there are no more questions on that session. So thank you very much, Michelle and Lisa and Nikki. That was really helpful.